Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you here this morning, and good to have you joining us from your homes this morning as well through our live stream. As you came in this morning, you probably noticed a index card on your chair. Uh, this is a commitment card, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that in the message today. This card is for you to write down some area of commitment that you want to make to the Lord. Maybe it's something that the Lord has been moving or working on you to make to him already up to this point. And so maybe you have something even before the service to write down on this card. If not, I would encourage you to take it home, pray over what kind of commitment God would want you to make at this point in your life, and then stick this somewhere where you can be reminded of this commitment. For those of you that are joining us at home, grab an index card if you have one at home, and please join in and do that this morning. I think the Lord wants to use this series in Joshua, and especially the message today in Joshua, to draw us to a point of commitment. If you want to follow along this morning, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 24 primarily, the last chapter of Joshua. Hard to believe we're finishing up Joshua today. Next week we'll be in Psalm 99, finishing up sort of our Joshua Psalms series. And then two weeks from today, May 15th, we are not only going to be observing the Lord's table that day, but we are going to be starting a 15-week series throughout the summer this year from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. And I am very excited to preach through this series in Isaiah. I have never done that at the Oasis in 12 years, and I think Isaiah is one of those books that every Christian needs to have a handle on. So we'll be talking more about that in the months to come throughout our summer together. Joshua chapter 24 is Joshua's last words to Israel. Think about it. In fact, in chapter 23, verse 14, Joshua says even there, look, I'm about to die. Joshua knows that his time on this earth is very, very short. And so the things that he's going to say are things that are most heavy, if you will, on his heart, most significant, most important to him. It has been said that last words are lasting words. And I thought to myself as I was preparing this message, talking about the last words of Joshua, what would be the last words that I would share with you if I knew it was my last message before I went to be with Jesus in glory? What would that be? What if you knew that you maybe had a few hours left or a day left, and you could gather around you all the people that were significant to you, and you could leave them with, with one last message. Your last thoughts before you went to heaven, what, what would that look like? What would that be? 
We know what Joshua's last words are here. And they are shaped around the whole concept of one's mortality. The book of Joshua is an interesting book in that it, it starts out with a death and it ends with deaths, sort of reminding us of that. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, it says, After the Lord's servant Moses died, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, Now lead these people and cross over into the land that I'm going to give you. So the book of Joshua starts with Moses' death, and then if you go a little bit further into chapter 24 and look at verses 29 through 33, there's actually three deaths there that are sort of given to us. Joshua's death in 29, and then down a little bit long, uh, further, it talks about the bones of Joseph who already died and was there in Egypt now are being brought up and buried in the promised land. And then finally, it says Eleazar, the priest, has died, and he's going to be buried there as well. And, and what's significant about those three burials, if you will, are where they occurred. They occur in the promised land. They are all laid to rest in the land of God's promise. And therefore, they are signs that point to what we've just sung so much about this morning, the faithfulness of God. That God said, I'm going to give you this land. And now all three of these men, Joshua, Joseph, and Eleazar, are resting, if you will, in the land of promise as a testimony, as an evidence to the faithfulness of God. So the book of Joshua starts out with a death. It ends with death. Joshua is about ready to die. Again, it is a reminder to us of what the book of Psalms in chapter 90, verse 12 tells us. So teach us, God, to consider our mortality so that we might live wisely. Really, those who live the best life are those who always know life is short and we're not going to be here forever. And I need to therefore live my life knowing that eternity is coming. I, I need to order my life and prioritize my life for what really matters, what's going to count, what's going to last into eternity. That's the best life. That's how you and I live wisely. It's by always considering our mortality. Every last one of us one day is going to die unless we're part of that generation that's alive when Jesus comes. Every last one of us. What kind of life do we want to live? What kind of legacy do we want to leave behind? Well, we can't wait till we're about ready to die to figure that out. That's got to start now. We've got to begin living that kind of life now so that when our time comes, and none of us knows when that time is, we can go out like Joshua went out. And what does Joshua do? Well, the first thing is, you'll notice in verses 1 and 2, Joshua gathers all the people and all the leaders and everybody into the very presence of God. He, he gathers them together in Shechem before the face of God, literally before the presence of the Lord. And then he says, this is what the Lord says. 
So you have the presence of God right there in the midst of God's people, and you have the word of God coming upon the people of God. And what Joshua now begins to do is literally speak the words of God to the people of God. And as God speaks through Joshua, in the first, like, 13 verses of Joshua 24, it's all about remembrance. That's a word I'm going to use so that we can remember. It's all about remembrance. God is basically going back through a summary of the history of Israel and how he has been so faithful and how he has kept his promises and been trustworthy and how everything that they have now, everything that they are now is because of him. He's done it all. You see the word I there throughout that passage. I've done this and I've done this. And God is reminding his people of all that he has done for them and all that he has been for them. It's important that you and I always remember our God that we take time to remember and recount and consider and count our blessings all the time. And then when you come up to verses 12 and 13, I want to point this out. God says in verse 12, and I'm the one that gave you the victories. And then in verse 13, and I'm the one that gave you this land. And surrounding that, basically, God is saying, you didn't do it by your own power and strength. You didn't do it with your swords and bows and all of that. I'm the one that gave you all these victories, and I'm the one that gave you this land even though you didn't plan any of it, you didn't cultivate it, it was already there for you, I just brought you in so you could enjoy it. So in these first 13 verses, Joshua is reminding the people about what God spoke to them that, look, we need to remember our God And know again that where we stand even today, like the people of Israel, it's all because of God. All that we have today is because of God. He's the source of all good and great things in our life. We have what we have. We enjoy what we enjoy. We get to look forward to what we get to look forward to, all because of God. And then it shifts. In verses 14 and 15, you go from remembrance to resolution. Resolution. Because then Joshua says this. He says, now. Basically, based upon the multiplicity, if you will, the myriad of manifestations of God's faithfulness and grace and mercy to us as a people, what should be our fitting, appropriate response, if you will, to that he says obey the lord your god and worship him worship him with integrity and loyalty the word integrity means holy that's where we get the concept of integration or something being integrated it means that there's not a part of anything that doesn't have something in it if you will that it's all tied together God wants our worship of him to be whole, that we do not compartmentalize our life and our worship of God. He is in every area of our life. 
And until he's in every area of our life, he will continue to work on us so that we surrender more and more of our life to him so that we are all in with God. And then the word loyalty, you could use the word faithfully. We are to worship our God wholly and faithfully. And then he comes down and then he says this. Every last one of us that is hearing God speak to us, we have a choice. And he basically says, you all need to choose this day who you're going to worship. Because worship is a choice. It's a choice that you and I make really every day. And we've got to make that choice. And you can say, well, I'm not going to make that choice. Well, that's a choice. Because the one thing about God is that there is no neutrality with God. There can't be. You not choosing to make a decision about God is your decision, you see. That's why Joshua is saying, you have to, we all have to make that choice. Choose this day who you're going to worship. And later on, he says in that verse, in verse 15, that very famous phrase, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to set the example, even on my way out, that this is who we're going to worship. We're going to be all in with God. This isn't the only time this principle of no neutrality and of making a choice for God and, and in a sense, making a commitment to God is found in the Word of God. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, the great prophet Elijah assembles the people of God and he says, how long are you all going to be paralyzed by indecision? He says, if the Lord is God, the true God, then follow him. If Baal is the true God, then follow him. But make a choice. The problem with Israel was they were always sort of just half in with God. It wasn't that they didn't worship God to a degree. But God for them was always sort of, you know, part of, of their life. He wasn't their life. And yet that sort of is against what even the whole word worship and the concept of worship is all about. It's like, well, if, if he's worthy of worship, if that's worthy of worship, then, then the only thing that makes sense is to be all in. Otherwise, then that's not real worship. There's no really such thing as biblical half-hearted worship. And then Jesus even said while he was here on earth, he says, if you're not with me, you're what? Against me, Matthew 12, verse 30. He says, if you're not gathering with me, then you're scattering. So even Jesus said, you can't be neutral. He even said, no one can serve two masters. You can't. You just can't. None of us can. So Joshua, the very last words he speaks to the people of God is basically bringing them down and saying, we all have to make a commitment in our life. And it's time, it's high time we make a commitment. 
because we're enjoying all that we're enjoying and we're experiencing all we're experiencing because of the goodness of God. He's been so faithful, so gracious, so merciful to us. Everything we own, everything we have, all these blessings are because of God. The least we could do, the most fitting, appropriate thing we could do is to worship the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Choose, Joshua says, choose. Make a resolution to choose to worship God. Before we move on, the Net Bible, I, I do want to point this out because this is important, translates the word worship three times in verse 14 and 15. Other Bible translations translates it the word serve. You've seen that before. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, they're not contradictory. In the Hebrew, the word is to worship the Lord through service. They're both true. Again, true worship is going to make myself available, continually be at the disposal of the one that I'm worshiping. Otherwise, it's not real worship. So in a sense, even in that, God is saying to all of us, are you really worshiping me? Because are you really serving? Even, you know, Mike was talking about finding a place of service. That's, that is part and parcel of our worship. We've got to find where is it and what is it that God wants me to do? What areas of service does God want me to do? Because that is worship. In fact, in the Hebrew, the, the reason why serve is used is because it really boils down to am I serving God or am I serving myself? Because there's always that rub. And, and just like Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. And, and so if I'm really worshiping God, then I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to say, God, today's not about me. It's about you. It's not about what I want. It's about what you want. And therefore, as I serve you, it's going to be you, not me. You see, that, that's real service, which that's real worship, because if I'm acknowledging that God is worthy of worship, then that means that he's the one that decides. He, he's in his rightful place, and that is he's in first place in my life. I'm off the throne of my life, and he's on the throne of my life, and he's calling the shots. So I wanted to sort of clarify that as well. Then you get from remembrance to resolution, and then beginning in verse 16 of chapter 24, you have the people's response. And their response to Joshua is, well, far be it from us to abandon our God. I mean, we acknowledge all that God has done, and we, we recognize what God has done. And then beginning in verse 18 down through verse 24, they basically say three times, hey, we'll worship God. <laughs> We're in right? We're, we're going to worship God. Yes, we will. Well, in verse 19, I think it is, Joshua says, oh, be careful, people of God. Be careful about making that commitment that you're going to worship the Lord casually. Because in a sense, without the Lord, you'll never be able to follow through with that commitment. The only way you and I will ever be able to follow through with our commitments to God is with his help. 
He's got to empower us, enable us. We, we've got to depend and rely upon him always to follow through with the things that we commit to him that we're going to do. And that's basically what Joshua is saying there in those verses, you see. Because without God, we'll never be committed or stay committed or strengthen our commitment or make a new commitment to God. So they're in, right? We will worship the Lord. We're, we're going to be faithful to him. And then you come down to verse 25. And that's where Joshua then breaks out this agreement. And he basically writes up an agreement between the people of God and God that day. It's a covenant. He's cutting a covenant here between the people of God and God. And he's basically saying, okay, then let's write it down. Let's make it a little formal here so that all of us can be reminded about what commitment we're making to the Lord and also a reminder that we need the Lord in order to follow through with our commitment. See, resolution is really two things. When I resolve to do this with God, this whole commitment thing, I'm not only making a choice with my words and even maybe in my heart, I'm, I'm also making a covenant or making a, a commitment to God that I'm going to write down that's going to hold my feet to the fire, fire and going to remind me that I need the Lord every day to keep this commitment, right? It's, it's both and. It's not, again, either or. And that's what you see here. So what is Joshua doing? He's literally walking them through this stage or process of bringing them all to a higher level of commitment to their God. That's the last thing he wants to do on earth. I thought, wow, what a, what a great example that is. If, if, you know, if, if I'm a Christian, what would be the last thing I would want to do with the people of God? Probably the very same thing. You know, besides maybe being a little evangelistic and making sure that everybody in the sound of my voice knows how to have a personal relationship with God through, through Jesus Christ and through faith in him, the other thing I would want to do is make sure that when I'm on my way out, that the people who are left behind are those who are saying, and when you're gone, we're going we're gonna to be all in with God. We're going to make a, a greater commitment to the Lord. That's where Joshua was at, and that's where the people of God were at. Joshua took them through all these great acts and, and works of God in their history of how God was so faithful to them and kept his promises. But then he brought them down to that choice. You gotta make a choice. And what is the choice that God wants you and I to make today in our lives? Maybe right now it's just to 
stay on the path we're on and strengthen that commitment and just keep on going. Maybe God isn't stirring within you something other than that, but I think for many, especially because of what God's been doing in our midst as a church and the way he's been working and moving in life, I really believe that God wants some of us to say, I'm making a new commitment to you, God. Maybe it's a commitment involving worship and making worship a greater part of your life somehow. And, and what does that look like? And get specific. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe you're, you're, you're wanting to make a, a commitment about your prayer life in some way to God. Maybe it's about the Word of God and your relationship to the Word of God and making a commitment there. It doesn't have to be, you know, God wants it to be very specific. He doesn't want this commitment to be so general, like, well, I'll just try to be a better Christian. That's good. But we're talking about specific things here. What is it that God is moving and working and stirring within you today that you would say, that's the area, that's the place that God wants me to raise my level of commitment. That's the place that I need to go a little bit deeper with God. And then write it out. Maybe date it, sign it, like I said. And that's between you and God. This card isn't for me to see or anybody else necessarily to see unless you want to share it with them. This is between you and God, and then take it home somewhere, put it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, put it somewhere where you see it often. For some of you, maybe the refrigerator you see more than the Bible. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but put it somewhere where you see it often and where you're reminded of it. Again, for two reasons. One, to hold yourself accountable to the commitment that you made and to also be a reminder to you that I can't do this. <laughs> I can only do this with your help. And so God, help me to do this. Help me to follow through with this commitment. And then soon after that, the Bible tells us Joshua died. Joshua died. He went to be with his ancestors just like all the other folks did before him and all of us who will go after him. What kind of life do we want to live? What kind of death do we want to have? How do we want to go out of this life? And what kind of legacy, especially spiritual legacy, do we want to leave? These are things that we can't wait till we're on the brink of death to figure out. In God's grace and mercy, he's actually speaking to us now because some of us may have years And so God is giving us time to make these commitments and to renew our commitment to him and to strengthen our commitment to him. But every last one of us here in this room and every last one of you who is watching us live stream today, one thing is guaranteed. All of us today are making a choice. All of us are. Even if you don't make a choice, that's a choice. All of us here today, because there is no neutrality with God, all of us here today need to choose today 
who we're going to worship, who we're going to serve. Who will it be? And as Elijah and Joshua both said, if God is God, then let's be all in. Let's worship him wholly and faithfully. And if you deem in your heart and mind that he's not, that he's not worthy of worship, that he's not worthy of your whole life and your being and your heart and soul and mind and strength, then that's fine. Then pour yourself into the years you have left on this earth to who or whatever you want to worship, but all of us are going to worship someone or something because we were created by God to be worshipers. And we will devote our lives and our very being to someone or something on this earth God calls us to worship him because that's the only worthwhile, eternal, fulfilling, and satisfying thing we can worship is God. Choose this day who you will worship. The final message of Joshua. I'm going to close this in prayer. I'm going to ask our worship team just to stay where they are. I'm going to close in prayer. And then after I pray, I'll ask the worship team to come and get set. And after I pray and they're getting set, some of you may already have an idea of what God wants you to write on that card. You go ahead and start writing it. Because here's why. When we get to the place of our last song and our song of worship, I don't want our attention to be divided. I want us to be all in on worship. So I don't want you sitting there like writing on that card while we're worshiping. Lay it aside, take it home with you, whatever, write it down later. But maybe up until that song starts, some of you may have an idea of what God wants you to write on that card. And I would encourage you to do it. But don't rush, take your time, because this is a very important thing that God wants each of us to do today. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we pray today that Joshua's last words that were spoken many, many thousands of years ago might really resonate with us this morning that they might be as relevant to us as they were to the people of God even then. God, may we remember you, not just when we observe the Lord's table, but may we remember you every day of our lives. May we wake up and go to bed counting our blessings considering, Lord, all that you have done for each of us and reminding ourselves that all that we have that is good and great and eternal comes from you. Every good and every perfect gift comes from you. And God, I pray that Joshua's words of resolution would also, Lord, really speak to our heart. May we all realize, Lord, every day we make the choice of who or what we're going to worship, of what's most important, most significant, 
of highest priority to us. We cannot escape that, Lord. We make that choice every day. And though, Lord, worshiping you is about making that choice every day, Lord, I know that there are times just like today where you may want us not just to sort of stay on that same path of commitment, but you may want us in some way to raise the level of our commitment or deepen the level of our commitment in some area or some way to you, God. And I think that's what today is all about. It's not just about affirming, yes, God, I, I will worship you from here on out. It's about, Lord, I'm making a, a commitment to this or to that in my spiritual walk and in my spiritual life with you. I'm doing it, God, not only because it's important for us to choose, but it's also important for us to hold ourselves accountable to the choices that we make with you. And to also realize, God, that we cannot follow through on these commitments that we make to you apart from your divine help and enablement. So, God, would you lead your people today? Help us to know what kind of commitment, what area of commitment, Lord, you want us to make today. Because, Lord, I believe that you are working in such a way in our church that, Lord, it's time for some of us to make that kind of a commitment to you. Enough time has passed. Now's the time as Joshua said, to obey the Lord and worship him and to worship him with integrity and loyalty, to worship you, God, wholly and faithfully. And now, Lord, as we come into our time of worship, God, would we be all in with you as we lift up our voices? Would our singing not just be singing that we're using our vocal cords and voice boxes and all of that with, but may it come truly from our heart. May the words that we sing, may the words that we say and that we pray come from our heart always, God and come out of a heart that is overflowing with thankfulness, appreciation, and gratitude towards you. Prepare our hearts, God, for what we're about to experience. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As our worship team comes, I'm just going to ask you all right there before you stand to just give some thought. Give some thought to what kind of commitment God may be stirring in you today. Some of you may want to write it down before our time of worship, but if not, again, lay it aside and let's join in with our worship team up here and let's express this song of worship to our Lord with everything we've got. It's the song, Endless Alleluia. And Nicole and I, as we were talking about it, one of the reasons we love this song is it even talks about from the time I get up in the morning, 
God, my, my heart, my, my thoughts, it's, it's all directed towards you. It, it, it's really a song about how God is most important and how the song that we begin down here on earth will be a song that we sing forever and ever. We're just beginning. It never ends. So would you stand with me? And let's sing this song out to the Lord this morning with everything we've got.